John Adams Letterson from podcast Epilogue One. This podcast looks at life in World War One through the letters of John Adams, who was 23 when he joined up in September 1914. He served with the 9th Service Battalion Royal Irish Fusiliers and was involved in many significant events on the Western Front, particularly Passchendaele. These are his words, read by his grandchildren and narrated by his great-grandchildren. This is the first of our final two episodes. John Adams survived the First World War, which ended hostilities on the 11th of November 1918, while John was convalescing in a Belfast hospital. Today in our history section we learn how the men on the Western Front were demobbed, that is, returned home after the war and left the army. We do not have any more letters from the front written by John Adams, but in our next episode we will be looking at his life after the war. That episode will be later on in the spring. My name is Mark Adams and John Adams was my grandfather. John Adams was recovering from his wounds in Belfast at the end of the war. He was able to hop on a train to appear home to his mother, brother and sister. For him, demobilisation would be relatively straightforward compared to his comrades still in Europe who had whole countries to cross before they could be home. The end of the war brought great celebration, not only with civilians but with troops posted overseas. This would mean a return home for these men, not on a 48-hour pass, but to stay with their families and return to a normal life of work and family. But how do you get so many people home? While there were fewer than 700,000 men in the British Army at the start of the war, by November 1918 there were almost 3.8 million men needing returned home. It was not as simple as letting them make their own way home, as some mainland European armies did, but there were bodies of water to cross for all the Commonwealth troops. Plans were made as early as the beginning of 1917 to organise how demobilisation would occur, so the government was able to implement that strategy. The 9th Service Battalion of the Royal Irish Fusiliers were fortunately not on the front line when the war ended and were billeted at Muscron. The days after the end of the war brought frustration for the men waiting for word of their journey home, but in the 9th RIF there was no trouble as occurred in some other battalions. The men were kept occupied with increasing amounts of sport, especially football, but other sports were introduced including boxing, running and the men were even shown how to play basketball courtesy of two American unit teams. It would be strange to think of these Ulster men playing such a sport. Concerts were also laid on for the entertainment of the men. An education programme began to help the men with returning to working life. With a less than successful first day of classes where no one attended, the men slowly joined over the following weeks. In January the classes became compulsory with lessons such as reading, writing and arithmetic, as well as others on bookkeeping, shorthand and commercial subjects. While the first man was sent home on the 12th of December, most men were still there for Christmas dinner. Demobilisation began in earnest on January 1919, with men who were vital to industry being first to be sent home and soon those with long service would follow. The 19th of March saw the last of the men going home to Ireland. 
with seven officers and 51 other ranks opting to continue to serve, being transferred to other units on the 19th of May. Those arriving back were warmly welcomed. There was a welcome home banquet in Portadown in late January, while other formal functions to welcome home heroes were held into the summer as the men returned. In June 1919, two battalions of the Royal Irish Fusiliers attended ceremonies in Armagh Cathedral, where the colours, the flags of the battalions, were presented and laid up. But the men did not return to the same Ireland they left. Many encountered problems with employment. As a result of the war, Britain's economy plummeted and in 1921 there were two million people unemployed. Men who were not old enough to volunteer now held the pre-war jobs. Men were not re-engaged in the same jobs they left. Organisations were formed to help these men with employment, as well as helping the 1.7 million who had suffered disability in their war service. In May 1921, four such organisations amalgamated into the Royal British Legion, helping soldiers and those who depended on them, the wives and children, widows and orphans, as well as the parents who had lost sons in the war and whom they were often financially dependent. While this was the picture across Britain, it was harder on the Ulstermen because of the unique nature of Irish politics. Many of the 9th RAF men were, before the war, in the UVF an organisation set up in 1912 to stand against the implementation of the Irish Home Rule Bill. Now, they didn't face the thought of an Irish nationalism who wanted the right to have a local parliament for Irish issues. Now, they faced Irish republicanism who wanted Ireland to break completely from British rule and become an independent country. In the next couple of years would see Ireland divided by a border after a war of independence followed by a civil war and so continuing a legacy of an uneasy population that still exists to this day. Thank you for listening to John Adams' Letters from the Front podcast. To find out more about John Adams and his family, visit www.johnadams.org.uk forward slash letters. The History of the Ninth Service Battalion Royal Irish Fusiliers during the World War One is taken from the Blackers Boys. Visit them at www.9irishfusiliers.co.uk with the number nine. Podcast will be published a hundred years after the letters were written, so will be published nearly every month. This has been a Mark Smith production.